God, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you are with us. Now we can always go back to you. Thank you for these prayers that are filling this room. For those of you who are at home praying as well. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. Amen. Ah, oh, it's such a just calming time right now. I just, I don't want to switch it out, but I'm going to. I'm going to bring the energy. So let's wake up, you guys. Good morning. So glad you're here with us today. And I was thinking, I know why I was scheduled today now to balance out the men right here, and now it's me. So maybe that's why I was scheduled today. But my name is Olivia. I'm one of the pastors here. Super excited to be here with you this morning. And I just feel like I'm in a room of friends. So many people, um, the Loringer Row here, the Tillotsons, Charisma and Sharla over there, the Edens, the Mahars, the Haleys, the Meads, my mom. This room is just full of awesome people. Sorry if I didn't name you, but you're awesome too. And those online, thank you for joining us as well. So I want to tell you, my husband and I, we bought our first house in June, and thank you very much. There's a picture of us. I didn't plan this. I'm wearing the same outfit. I don't know how that happened. Um, but we, it's been so exciting, so fun, but also so stressful. I have always been a renter. So when things break, I just call the office and say, hey, you guys got to figure this out. This is broken. And very soon I realized I can no longer call the office because I am the office. So when things break, it's on me and my husband to figure it out. And things are expensive. So we fixed a lot of things, electrical, we had contractors in. And I've been saying some different kind of prayers, you guys. Our toilet was acting up the other day, and I'm like, I don't want to call a plumber. So I started praying over my toilet. I am not kidding. I was saying, figure this out, Jesus, please. I don't want to call a plumber. I pray that it figures itself out or we figure it out in Jesus' name. And I left, and it did, so that was great. And then also our garage, sometimes it, like, doesn't close all the way. Sometimes it's halfway. And Sometimes I have to go to work and I don't have time to mess with it, so I have to pray over that too. I'm like, God, the garage is half open. I pray people don't break in. I got to go, whatever, amen. I am praying so many different kinds of prayers, but you know what else I've been praying for? I've been praying for all of you. Uh, we are a praying staff, a praying church, and I know we have prayer warriors all throughout this church, and prayer is needed now more than ever. And we are needed as people of God in our, in our cities, communities, and culture as things are just changing and crazy. We need the body of Christ more than ever. And I believe the book of Acts has a lot to say about being the body of Christ in a culture that is dark and changing and challenging. And we have been in a series called Scattered all summer on the book of Acts. And last week, Pastor Mike spoke and said that essentially idols don't satisfy. That was the main gist of the, the sermon. And only God satisfies. And turning to God is the best and truest form of worship. And anything else will disappoint. So that was Acts 19. And we're not going to move on to Acts 20 quite yet. Because I believe Acts 19 still has good things for us to hear from the Lord today. So just so you know, next week we're moving on to 20. Today we're still in 19. Because there's more to explore. 
And what's super interesting about Acts 19 is that the church of Ephesus began. And this is the only church in scripture where we see the beginning, middle, and end of the church. We see the whole thing. And we see the beginning in Acts 19 when the apostle John started the church and then Paul developed it. And we have a picture here as well to show kind of what it was like. Uh, Paul was doing miracles. They were burning scrolls, burning idols during their time there. And the Holy Spirit was moving. They were burning those things because they were standing in the way of their true relationship with God. And these Christians there, they were hungry for Jesus, hungry for the Holy Spirit. And Paul spent a lot of time there. And it, he impacted in the Christians there, not just their area, but so many areas surrounding them. They were spreading the gospel. So the church of Ephesus was a poppin' place to be. Everybody wanted to be there. Imagine times that you've been at a summer camp or a Christian conference or a prayer retreat or you had amazing time in Christian fellowship and you just feel so spiritually energized by it. Imagine that feeling all the time at the church of Ephesus. And they had great leadership. They had Paul, Timothy, Aquila, and Priscilla, and John. This was a powerful and thriving church. And we see in the letter to the Ephesians that Paul wrote a few years later. Has anyone read the letter to Ephesians before? Paul is writing to them and encouraging them. We see in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16, it says, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. He's remembering his time there with them and the amazing things that they experienced together and how they're still serving their community and serving God. And then we see in Ephesians 6, verse 24, grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Love was the characteristic of this church that just drove them. Love for God, love for people, love for their community, and he is praising that. But then, 30 years later, something changed. The fire for God that they had died down. And they drifted away from who they were. We know this because in the book of Revelation, Jesus is rebuking the church of Ephesus. And it sounds like things are really different than where we left off in Acts with them. And their fire was turning, turning down. And their relationship with Jesus might have just turned into being religious. And perhaps culture was changing them instead of them changing culture. So they were drifting. Has this ever happened to you before? Like you became a Jesus follower, you're on fire for him, and then life happens. And you lose your fire and passion. It's kind of like when you get a new job, you're in a new relationship, and in the beginning it's really exciting, and then it kind of fades over time. It's the same idea here with spirituality. Maybe it's not as exciting to read your Bible anymore, or it's not as easy to pray, or worship music and sermons don't stir you like they used to. Maybe you feel like you're in spiritual neutral, and even though you're doing all the right things, you don't feel that passion and fire like you did in the beginning. I want to encourage you that if you feel that way today, or if you have felt that way before, you're not alone. You're not alone. I'm sure many of us in this room feel that way. And COVID is a time, 2020 is a time that I think is bringing us to reevaluate. Who are we and where are we at spiritually? 
in our walk with God and what is he, what is, how, how are we changing, just like I said in our prayer time. Because it's really important for us to know that about ourselves so then we can go get back on track. So the Ephesians, they were drifting from that love and that passion that they had. And unfortunately, their church just became a part of history. It ceased to exist. It faded away. And I would argue that if it could happen to them, couldn't it also happen to us? So let's read the rebuke of Jesus rebuking the church here in Revelation 2. So get out your Bible, turn there with me, click there with me, whatever you'd like, or it'll be on the screen behind me. So the book of Revelation is the Apostle John's vision. This is a prophetic and apocalyptic book of the Bible. And as um, he's speaking to the church of Ephesus, this is the first of seven churches that Jesus has some things to say. And he calls them lampstands, meaning we shine light in the world as a church, just like lamps shine light into a room. So let's start in verse 2, and it says, To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, angel meaning pastor or leader of that church, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. Jesus, he says, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. So that sounds pretty good, right? Until verse 4, where it takes a turn. It says, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first, your first love. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstands from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. They were twisting Christian doctrine, so they were hating that. Verse 7, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So we see in this passage what the Ephesians were doing right and what they were doing wrong. So if we look back on the verses 2 and 3 on what they were doing right, we can see that they were doing good deeds, they were hard workers, they were persevering, they were seeing the difference between falsehood and truth, and they hated the ways of those twisting Christian doctrine. So notice, with all of those things, they're all actions, they're all outward things. And yet, what Jesus was saying to them was there was something wrong on the inside. There was something wrong with their hearts. They were doing things, kind of like the Pharisees of the New Testament. They looked really great on the outside, but they were missing something on the inside. And that's what Jesus says in the second half of this passage, where he says, you have forsaken your first love. You're not considering how far you have fallen away, and you've stopped repenting. So isn't Jesus so good where he doesn't just leave us in our mess, but he gives us a roadmap roadmap back to him. He was saying repent again, which just means turn to God, which means go the other way than where you're going before. Repent of your sins and follow him. And he was saying consider how far you've fallen. Become spiritually aware of where you're at right now. Really uh, reflect on where are you? Where were you before? Where are you going? And then 
do the things you did at first. It's like a marriage, right? If some people get married, they say, I do, and then they don't do anything else after that. The marriage is going to fail where they're no longer keeping that fire burning and alive and dating each other and loving each other. It's just like this. And Jesus brings us back, brings the Ephesians back to saying, this is how you come back to me. And I believe Jesus did this for me uh, this summer. As I said, we bought our first house, and when we bought it, we got really busy with projects and getting contractors, electricians in, shopping, furnishing, doing all of these things where I was getting so busy that I didn't realize I was drifting away from Jesus. And what I mean by that is I was getting a lot more irritable. Um, I usually try to be pretty nice, but at that point when I wasn't spending as much time with God, I would just snap at different things and get upset. And I was like, oh, that's not really me. Or I would get more and more anxious, is even though there's so much craziness happening around us, I would have the peace of God in me pretty well. But then when I would drift, I was feeling more and more anxious. And then also... I felt like I was becoming more self-centered because it was all about my house, my projects, what I'm doing, and I was forgetting about the needs of other people. You see, I think God was trying to teach me, even though my house was looking good, my soul wasn't looking so good. It's like the verse that says, why gain the whole world yet lose your soul? And what brought me back was actually last week, we went on a staff retreat, and we were in this beautiful area with the lake in front of us, and I sat on the dock, and we have a picture here, yeah. I took a picture to remind me of this moment where God brought me back to him, of, okay, remember who you are, remember that I'm here with you, remember to turn to me, repent of what you've been doing, and get back on track. And when he did that, he restored me. He restored I was no longer feeling anxious after the time I spent in his presence. I was feeling his peace. I was no longer feeling hyper, like, focused on my house and myself. And then I would start thinking about other people again. And God returned to me um, self-control and kindness that was lacking during the past couple months. So he brought me back to what matters. And that picture I took so that I could remember what it's like to go back um, to him. So where are you on this journey? Are you at the beginning of your faith where you are on fire and you, everything is new and fresh? If you are, I want to encourage you, keep that fire burning. Or have you been walking with God for a while where now you're feeling like you're just going through the motions and spiritually bored? Or maybe you don't even know if you want to follow Jesus yet and you're just new and curious and you're just filling it out and coming to church. That's okay too. But we want to know where are we at in this journey, because our faith is meant to be an all-encompassing lifestyle, not just about church or attending church or attending online or praying uh, over dinner. Our faith is meant to be so much more than that. We are meant, it's meant to saturate everything that we are and everything that we do. So are you drifting away from God? Are you, are you doing regular devotions? Is worry and anxiety taking over you? As I know, this season of COVID has really crippled and paralyzed people in anxiety of like, I just can't even live anymore because I'm so afraid. Or maybe you're drifting because you're getting more and more disconnected from the church and from community. Or maybe you're so busy serving God that you forget to be with God. Or maybe it's that you're a young person and faith just doesn't seem as attractive anymore. It breaks my heart to know that so many young people are leaving the church. 
Or maybe you're drifting. I'm going to say it because politics is becoming your religion. Perhaps your faith in your political party is becoming greater than your faith in Jesus. Why are you drifting if you are? It doesn't always have to be this big extreme sin because for me it was just busyness. I was just focusing on other things and didn't realize I was drifting away. But I want to encourage you that if you find yourself in that place of spiritual boredom, drifting, lack of fire for God, then I want to remind you that God's love for you is built solely on the work of Jesus Christ, not on anything you've done or doing or will ever do. And he's telling the Ephesians and he's telling us that if we just go back to the things that we did in the beginning, he would restore his love and his desire for him. He'd restore that to us because his love hasn't gone anywhere. Because the thing about Christianity is that it's not the work we do for God, but the relationship we maintain with God. And there are certain things we can do to maintain that relationship. So for the Ephesians, they were needing to keep on burning idols and burning scrolls. Maybe instead of burning those idols, they began to bow down to them again. And for me, it's to get back into God's presence and to sit, like, being by the water is so what I did in the beginning of my faith journey. I would bike from my parents' house to the Spokane River and just sit with God. Just like that verse says that when we sit beside quiet waters, he refreshes our soul. I would do that all the time and keep that fire burning. And when I went back to the water in that picture, God reminded me of that, of doing what we did in the beginning. So what about you? Is it, is it re-engaging with community, with your life group, with the church, coming back in person? Is that what you need? Or is it using your spiritual gifts to get that fire burning again? Because remember, we all have spiritual gifts here that in order to build up the body of Christ. Or maybe it's just connecting with other believers. Maybe if you're still quarantining, you can connect with someone over Zoom or FaceTime just to keep being inspired and encouraged in your faith. Whatever it is, we need to press into God. We need to keep that fire burning. And it's obvious that the church of Ephesus, when the individuals lost that fire, the whole church lost it as well. So that can happen as well. It can impact the church if we as individuals aren't keeping that fire burning for Jesus. Because it's very possible that the Ephesians died out because they were uh, gathering as a church without actually being the church. You know that's possible because the core elements of church are worship, mission, and community. And it's possible to gather without actually experiencing that. To get so busy with holiday parties and book clubs and events that losing sight of the gospel and the mission of what Jesus has given. I'm not saying those are wrong, but when they get in the way of the mission of Jesus, then there's a problem. So maybe the Ephesians got so busy with book clubs that they weren't discipling people anymore. Or maybe they got so busy with holiday parties that they hadn't baptized anyone for years. And they were drifting and they didn't even notice. Because it's easy to lose sight of what makes church, church, and drift away. But I love being part of our church here because we truly love Jesus and love serving him. And we are laser focused on our mission. And if you've been here for any amount of time, you know what our mission is. It is that we inspire to say, help people say yes 
to God, yes, and become wholehearted followers of Jesus and connect in healthy and growing relationships and boldly live and share the gospel in Spokane and around the world. That's why we're partnering with Partners International as well. So everything we do, we do to stay on mission. And if it's not on our mission, we don't do it. And we experience Acts 19 sort of stuff where the the church of Ephesus, when they started and they had the Holy Spirit moving, they're experiencing miracles. They had a multi-generational community. That's what we have here. And we will continue to have momentum as a church. We'll continue to plant new churches and to multiply. We will continue to see the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us and to baptize more people. We're baptizing monthly now. We want to see more people say yes to God. We're going to continue to peacefully stand for racial justice and equality, and we will stand with those in our community who are under-resourced, and we will help serve them. And we're going to continue to declare Jesus to a broken world so that those who are lost become found, and those who are blind are able to see. Our church is 20 years old, and I believe we are just getting started. And we need all of you We need you in your spiritual gifts. We need you in the influence that you have in wherever you're at, at school, online even, um, at work, in your neighborhood, in your community. Did you know that you all have influence? You have a message to share, a story to tell, and a God to declare. Your voice matters. Your voice matters in the body of Christ, in this group, wherever you're at. And we need you. We cannot do this alone as a church. We're so grateful that you're here. So when we think of the Ephesians, they had that fire, and it died down, and ultimately the church died out, which is so sad. And when we look at the Ephesians, it makes us ask ourselves, are we the Ephesians? Am I? Are you? Are we the Ephesians as a church or as individuals? Are we drifting from God? Is that passion that we have for him, is it dying out? Is that fire still burning within us? Are you at the beginning of your walk with him? Or are you, have you been walking with Jesus for decades and now it's becoming more boring and stale and you just feel like, like we said before, you're in spiritual neutral? Or maybe you're here and you're new, this is your first time in church, And you're just curious, and you want to know what Jesus is about. So I want to encourage you that if you're not sure where you're at, here's a really simple way to tell. Your love for Jesus is growing every day, and your love for people is growing. That reminds me of a song, uh, a gospel song I would hear growing up that says, Every day with you, Lord, is sweeter than the day before. Is that true for you? Are you, is your love for Jesus growing? Is your love for people growing? Are you doing the things that you did at first? Like for me, it's sitting in front of water with God. Are you doing those things? Are you dating Jesus, for lack of a better uh, a phrase? He wants you to return to him, to turn back to him, and know that it's never too late. It's never too late to start. It's never too late to re-engage because he is waiting with arms open wide, ready to receive you. He's not this scary God in the sky. He's like, I am your Abba Father. I want you to come back to me. So where are you at in that? Because it will bring you so much joy and so much excitement 
to be drawn back to God because he is so good and he's so faithful. Amen? Well, let's pray, everyone. Oh, God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that you are with us, that you are a friend, and that you are drawing us back to you. I pray for my friends here, no matter where they're at in this journey, help them turn to you, God. As we, as we talked about, repentance is just turning towards you. And I want to pray with those who have been walking with God for a while and feel that fire, um, the fire going out. Pray this with me. God, I want that fire back. I want to know what is it in my life that's holding that back. Would you reveal that to me? Because I know, God, that following you the best thing that I can do. God, return that hunger, that fire, and that passion. Thank you that you are here and you promise to never leave us or forsake us. So I want to pray with those who are turning to Jesus for the first time today. I want to say yes to Jesus. Pray with me. God, I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I want to know what it's like to have this passion and fire we're talking about this morning. Would you come into my heart, come into my life? I repent of the sins that have kept me far from you. Teach me to follow you, to walk with you, God. And teach me what that means. (laughs) Thank you, God, that you offer your salvation everyone who calls on your name. Lord, I pray blessings over everyone in this room. Thank you, God, that you are at work in our hearts and in our church. Continue to use us to build your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are online and you said yes to Jesus for the first time, love for you to click that button that says so so that our pastors can connect with you around that all right let's continue to worship Behind your regrets and mistakes, 
hearing Olivia's message, just returning to that first love, returning to that first space, and there's always a place, there's always a spot for us if we just turn and shift our gaze off of what we're doing and put it back on Jesus. So will you pray with me, Lord? Lord, we need your help returning to our first love. We need you to restore unto us the joy of our salvation, to help us sense you, to connect with you. Lord, we need your help finding our way back 
we just pray, will you meet us here in this time and as we move forward, continue to, to help us make you our first love. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us today. We're so glad that you took the time to visit us. If the message spoke to you in any way, or if there's anything that we can be praying with you about, uh, please click the prayer link at the bottom of the screen. We do have pastors standing by who would uh, love to pray with you and love to chat with you about um, what God spoke to you during the message. Here at North Church, we do believe in connecting people in healthy and growing relationships. And so if that is a next step that you might want to take, we would love to help you be a part of the life and mission of our church. Please click the connect link at the top of the screen in order to do that, or feel free to check us out on our website online, which is northchurch.net. Thanks again. See you next week.